Hello, and welcome to Recruitment in the Modern World. Our first six episodes focused on topics for employers. Our focus now turns to producing resources for individuals looking for their next career move or promotion. So in this episode, delighted to be focusing on what candidates need to do if you're being interviewed online. To discuss this, I am pleased to have with me Fiona Wilson, Managing Director of FJ Wilson Talent Services. Welcome, Fiona. Oh, thanks so much, Sarah. Great to be back and looking at candidates and professionals looking for their next role. So diving right in, um, let's start with preparation well before the interview. What's the first thing people need to do? So I think the first thing is to decide which device are you going to use because you may not wish to use your work laptop, for example, and you may wish to use your iPad or a laptop that is personal that you're not used to using for a particular software. So it's all about making sure you feel comfortable using that particular device for the software which the employer has chosen to interview you on. That is such a good point. Because even, you know, when I think about the interface between such as if you're using Zoom, for example, and on your laptop versus an iPad, it's so different. You can tell I've been stung by it before. Um, but thinking about that a bit better also reminds me of sort of having plan Bs. You know, what happens if your preferred device, for example, crashes and you need to switch to your phone? Yeah. Um, again, victim of it, where a lot of the, whether it's Teams or Zoom, uh, you're able to just switch to your phone. Not ideal, but at least it takes away that anxiety of this. Well, you know, what if something goes wrong? It maybe needs to just focus on your interview. Speaking of plan B's, Fiona, <laughs> is there a plan C? What <laughs> happens if it all just crashes and it all freezes? What do we do then? Yeah, I mean, I think the really key thing is making sure in a plan C that you switch to that old fashioned technology of a phone. But you can only do that, of course, if the interviewer has got your contact details and actually vice versa. So it's making sure that that contact phone number has been shared between both parties just in case it doesn't actually work on the day. Thinking about just sort of other other softwares, and now we're looking more around presenting, Mm -hmm. it would then be good to practice and use sort of friends or family in different locations, just test that software out. And so you get that honest feedback and direct feedback on, you know, how the equipment is working, getting you familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've had one before with blue jeans, I've no idea what it was. So it's, (laughs) it caught me at the last minute, but sort of that, you know, that practice Is there anything else with regards to software that candidates need to be mindful of? Yeah, unfortunately, we've heard this a couple of times when um, it's just as is the law in the situation, your computer or your laptop decides to suddenly start updating. um, And, you know, potentially if you're a bit stressed, you actually accept that. And that can, of course, go on for certain devices for hours sometimes if it's a big update. So one of the key things is to actually run updates on that software, particularly if you haven't used it for some time and make sure that it is actually up to date. If you're not running the most up-to-date version, some of the platforms end up great 
and that's where you can get semi-bits of freezing. It's actually because you're using a version that is potentially a year or two old. Zoom in particular um, really suffers from that if you're not using the most up-to-date version um, versus the other person. So a key tip here is to run those updates really as, as soon as you're uh, so as soon as you know which which software you're using, and to run those updates again on the evening before the actual interview. So everything runs hopefully smoothly on the actual day, allowing you just to concentrate on your answers and and the questions that you have for that prospective employer. Oh my goodness, why why hadn't I thought about that? Uh, (laughs) Another another really great point. Uh, And so switching gears slightly to now, you know, being in the sort of interview or as we prep actually and thinking about backgrounds, Mm -hmm. what makes a good background? Well, this has been written about, as we know, Sarah, for some time and different platforms have been experimenting with virtual backgrounds. And these are ones, of course, that you can also download for free and superimpose. However, our view, listening to um, what employers feedback is really the diffusion option is best. You can do that on Zoom, certainly now, and also Teams. Diffusion is great because it's the ultimate neutral look. Um, Alternatively, if you've got a well-lit room with a plane or light wall as a background, that's absolutely fine too. But that's the key thing. It's just around making sure there's that neutrality in background. Mm. And, And sort of what I'm getting from that as well is just about being uncluttered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. So sometimes people will position their camera so that they are like backing onto like a very busy background of lots mm. of books, etc. But what inevitably happens um, is that people start trying to check out which books you've got on your shelves. <laughs> um, yeah. And you just don't really want to have any distraction away from what you're saying and how engaged you are in that moment just like an interview in a face-to-face office situation. Exactly. No judgment for my library. Yeah, completely. And the other thing as well, it's very easy to forget that confidential information sometimes can actually be on display as well. So what we're not talking about here is the obvious vapors of having washing, you know, (laughs) hanging around in the background. We've seen it all over the years. (laughs) As I'm sure everyone has as we've moved into a virtual world. But yeah, just that neutrality, diffusion again can hide pretty much everything that's going on behind you. Um, And then what about sort of other aspects of the environment? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, if you think about sort of going to an office location for an interview, most people do understand that they need to turn off um, their mobile phone. At home, for those who still have a landline, although those, of course, are dying out slightly, (laughs) but it's remembering not to have the interview in the same room as your landline or actually just disconnect it for during that time. It's very off-putting. It can put you off your stride when you're thinking um, and tuning into sort of a complex answer or complex question. So again, it's just trying to make sure that you can just concentrate in that moment and fully engage with the interview panel. 
Absolutely. And um, one other thing that comes to mind is if you live with other people, which is me exposing myself again, um, but it's just making sure that they know not to enter or interrupt or any other distractions such as sort of a doorbell going off. I've got ring on my phone. So that goes mm. off. So turn that mm. off. But then there's a plug in one downstairs. So having all those distractors out the way um, so that, you know, you might be forgiven in the interview, but it's all about your earlier point, Fiona, so that you don't get thrown off. You may not be judged badly, but it means you lose your train of thought and then you ultimately lose the competition because you're not able to answer or get back in the groove of your interview. Completely, completely. And it's really tough, right, at home Mm. because things can happen where, for example, your neighbour starts drilling, uh, which, you know, (laughs) you can't think of absolutely everything. And and, and, and very, I think everyone's very sympathetic about that. There there are only so much that you can do to mitigate it. Likewise, if you have a pet, um, I've got sort of very active young dog, even Mm. though I'm able to actually contain her in a different room, if Um, there is movement outside, it will set her off barking. So whilst that might not be in the actual room, it may Mm. well be um, that that's picked up. And actually about sort of a couple of minutes ago, that actually happened. That might be cleaned up in the actual production of this podcast, (laughs) hopefully. But I could hear her and that might come through. But what you're trying to do is, um, again, just remove and mitigate that risk which will just disrupt you and potentially of course mean that you're just not competing as effectively as you could be yeah yeah for sure definitely a lot deeper than just the link to the platform you need to join it is it really it really is and I think all of these tips have just grown over time from feedback that we've had from candidates um not so much actually on the employer side at all but it's from candidates who um are sometimes kind of cringing with um, the fact that they should have actually done some of this stuff more in advance and kicking themselves as to why they didn't it because it creates a huge amount of anxiety. Mm. It's a bit like not leaving enough time to arrive somewhere and you are literally sort of rushing up, always a hill in that situation, rushing up a hill, sweating, trying to obviously navigate like a massive reception area or something like that and figure it all out. Um, You just want to be as peaceful as possible as focused as possible so your performance is maximized um i think the other thing that often is overlooked is around lighting so yeah so you know you were saying earlier which is a great point around getting that orientation and getting family and friends to kind of feedback how is your face looking on the screen is it too big is it too small Mm -hmm. and just checking all of that stuff out with you the other thing they can do is feedback around lighting you do want to make sure that people can really see the expression on your face and see that clearly Mm. and in an optimal level. So little tips which have been shared to us are getting a table lamp, putting it on a pile of books or a box underneath you just to pop that light under your face, often used by photographers, yes? So if you think about photo shoots, they -hmm. often have those big round circles to pop the light onto people's faces when they're shooting. That's often overlooked in a home setting virtually. And day-to-day, interacting with colleagues, does anyone ever really feed that back? No, they don't, yep, necessarily. But where your other cues have gone, where we are all removed from those other signs in body language, 
people will look very much on the on the um, engagement on your face and take um, indicators from that as to how passionate you are, how enthused you are. And if your face is too dark in that situation because of lighting, they just can't see your expression, maybe. Yeah. And, and and to that point, because that's all we have. We don't have, you know, the other sort right. of in-person Absolutely. body language cues that we'd be able to pick up on um, in an in-person interview. So diving in a little bit deeper, thinking about sort of personal preparation. Yeah. What, what else should you do? Yeah, one of the things that we hear a lot and people get quite anxious about is connected to that last point around body language um it's weird when you are in a fully virtual role because you're you're the sort of the camera is obviously not where someone's face is on the screen so if you're looking down the camera lens on a laptop you can't actually see the person the person's below yep it's so it's a, it's kind of weird because in order to connect in order to have that eye contact with the other person you've got to force that as a behavior so one of the tips that we've picked up when we've been researching that by looking at different trainers who've always trained in an online setting a lot of those trainers suggest in different markets around the world, just something very simple, which is to get a coloured sticker and to pop it to the left or right, whichever is your preference, on your screen by the camera. And what that does is it just enables your eye to be drawn to that little tiny minuscule circle so you can periodically really focus on looking down the lens, making that connection and making that interview panel feel that you really are connecting with them. If you don't do that, it actually unfortunately leads to you looking sometimes actually a bit distracted because you're never making eye contact. So that is a really uh, key tip that we've had feedback works really well. Yeah, that is so good. Um, So as you could probably tell, my mind is blown Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things you just also don't think about. You take for granted, but it's so true. Right. In person, we would be giving direct eye contact and now we've moved to this sort of virtual space where I want to look at the person who's interviewing me, but yes. actually I need to be making eye contact, yes. which is through my camera lens. Completely. Wow. Which also reminds me about, you know, not just sort of the, the visual aspects, but also the sound and making sure you have that either good set of headphones or earbuds but you really want to make sure that you've got great sound quality. Um, And then the other thing, what about dress code? Especially now, I feel like it's, it's, it's the buzz topic. Yeah, I think dress code is really difficult virtually to judge. So we've had feedback where earlier on we went, um, really checking that out when I think when COVID hit and then everything switched 100% over to virtual interviewing. Because we work in the specialist and senior marketplace, we have never pre-COVID for face-to-face office-based interviews ever needed to give that advice. I mean, periodically people may check something, but it's not like a standard process to check in with people you know, because you, there, there's a bit of a presumption that people kind of would automatically know that rightly or wrongly. But we actually now get asked that question as routine by candidates um, because they're not sure whether to go suited and booted. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, a lot of clients have gone over into like more a business casual situation when they're meeting external stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So how does that play through into 
interviews. And I think the key thing here is to check. If you're dealing with a recruiter, get them to ask the question if they haven't done already. If you're dealing directly with that employer, ask the question of that central HR recruitment team. Or if the company is smaller and they don't have that, ask the interview panellist, the primary one who's interviewing you directly. There's nothing worse than obviously turning up too casual where everyone else is fully in corporate attire or actually vice versa. And getting that right, again, is just something that can make some people feel a little bit awkward if they have misjudged it. So that's the key message is just to check that out. If for whatever reason, for whatever reason, you can't get that, just go neutral again. Right. You know, I think with guys, you know, on a business suit level, sort of dressing with a tie, et cetera, you know, it's always a safe bet. You can quite quickly tweak that, can't you, at the start of an interview mm-hmm. or, or just have like a shirt on, you know? Yeah. It's just having something that's straightforward and neutral, really. So we've now prepped. And we've got those tools, we've got those markers and sort of our checklist. What happens just before the interview? Well, I think, again, just on a technology level first, one great tip that a candidate gave us um, sort of last year was actually to set up a wired connection between their laptop and their router. Mm. Um, Wi-Fi does tend to, on a bar level, not, you know, does tend to kind of dip a bit for everyone. If you're in a room or or a location which does suffer from Wi-Fi erraticness, then this is a really big thing to do. Wire in, it's very cheap to get a lead. Um, It's a few pounds or you might have one knocking around, but that can't prevent obviously a Wi-Fi outage, but it can certainly prevent the signal um, issue and the instability. So setting up a wired connection definitely would be one. Can you think of any other um, sort of suggestions, Sherry, yourself before the interview? Yeah, I'm just, what, what that also comes to mind is sort of the, the prep beforehand in terms of when to arrive. So I know, you know, in-person interviews, you want to typically be there, you know, give yourself enough time so you're calm and collected and go through reception and all, all sorts. But I think equally with virtual meetings more and more sort of logging in 10 minutes beforehand so that you can check like we've talked about be it your sound or your camera your lighting so you're all calm and collected right Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think again depending on how um, familiar you are with the platforms testing the settings um, is just a very good discipline to have. It does avoid, again, that level of anxiety that can kick in far more in an interview situation mm-hmm. than it would do internally or actually just representing your employer um, to an external stakeholder that you're fairly familiar with. But it's testing those settings um, and playing, getting that playback so you do know that the audio is working and and the microphone and making sure you've just closed down all other applications. Sometimes what can happen is like, mu- so you true. know, if you're, if you're on a Mac, like music can pop up and it just disrupts as a pop-up, yeah? Or, <laughs> oh, you know, you can, you can start playing some music or Outlook email can just pop in. It will just, again, distract your brain yeah. and therefore could just alter your performance in that situation. And it's just better better to avoid that, really. No distractions, no distractions, no distractions. Exactly, exactly. Um, and prep, prep, prep. So 
Finally, are there any other sort of overall thoughts? I feel like I was walking into this discussion being like, yeah, I know, I, I know what we should be talking about here. But <laughs> there have been so many nuggets you have provided. Are there any, any overall thoughts? Mm. You know, I think the above, you know, things that we've spoken about, the points that we've kind of both shared today will probably sound pretty obvious, but we're specifying them on this Mm. podcast and on downloadable resources because we know from experience that people often fail to do them in part rather than in full. But those mistakes can be costly because they lead to anxiety or distraction. And that can be the reason in a competitive market resulting in why you don't get something because you are put off your performance. And that's the key thing. As with lots of things in life, it's the, it's often the simple things that catch us out rather than the big complicated things. So those would be my overall my overall thoughts. Well, thank you, Fiona. Um, probably tell for my enthusiasm, but I think you have certainly given us, um, and not I think actually, I know you have given us practical guidance on this topic because to your point just now, there is always one thing people or candidates forget to think about that lets you down. And it's nothing to do with, you know, how great you are for that role. Uh, It's just about those things we've forgotten to think about. Yeah. So just to finish, uh, you are MD of FJ Wilson Talent Services. And just to explain a little bit to listeners, you're a recruitment firm who typically works with employers on their specialist and senior vacancies. And some of these clients include membership organizations, awarding bodies, and learning providers. Yeah, absolutely. And so specifically looking at sort of individuals who are looking for their next role, what support do you offer such individuals? Yeah, so, you know, we work with individuals looking for their next career move or promotion, I think it's fair to say as well. But there are five things, Mm. essentially. Number one, which anyone can access who's looking for their next role, be that a promotion or their next external career move. We we publish resources which can be downloaded for free from our website in the candidate section. The second is this podcast series, which we're going to continue to add to and update specifically for an individual basis for, for someone who's looking for that next move. The third is we're launching shortly a series of webinars, which we will announce soon, particularly for individuals looking for careers um, advice. We provide one-to-one careers coaching for specialist and senior professionals, which of course is our um, area of expertise. And finally, of course, if you do work with us in a recruitment process with any of our clients, we provide an exceptional support throughout that process. That's what we're known for in in our market. Fantastic. And where can listeners go to find out more about all of this? The best way is to always visit our website, which is fjwilson.com. On there are all our contact details for for phone and email as well, but definitely go to the website. Awesome. Thank you, Fiona. My pleasure. And thank you to our listeners. And please do join us for our next episode of Recruitment in the Modern World 